and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Hello, and that's it. Red light is rolling. Um, so this is a video as well as a podcast. So um, if you uh, obviously listen, lots of people like listening to the podcast because they can listen to the podcast whilst driving or whatever you're on the way, to, you know, doing other stuff. Um, but um, we do we do put uh, the recordings onto YouTube, and sometimes uh, when we are remote, we record. Um, not that there's much here to see other than me and in my new home office um so uh, as you might mentioned to you before um we um do, you know do live a, live live about an hour three quarters now an hour away from flagship hq so occasionally um you know we we work from home i work from home um so we've got a good setup here at, at home i'm fortunate enough to have a partner who, who works from home permanently so um, spare room is a, is a is an office and we've just moved so that's why it looks slightly different probably from the last um from the last ones you've seen so um i, I think i think i've probably got slight i didn't whisper this in case she listens but i think i've got slightly less room than i had uh, in the old setup but it's a lovely uh, lovely place we're at so um as you can hear see i'm on my own uh, so mike again um on my own um, for those of you who have been listening to this in sequence, you'll have um, you'll have uh, understood that with the last few podcasts, we've had some really great guests on, and um, uh, we, we, we've covered some fantastic topic topics, and we've got a lot of really positive feedback uh, from those podcasts. So we were joined joined by James and Tom, and um, uh, it, we even had a cameo from from our own very own JC. Uh, uh, in in our office uh, on the last one as well, which was which was great. So, um, but because it's it's kind of holiday season and people are very very busy, etc. It's uh, I'm on my own. So, um, great. So I thought what I'd do is just use this as an opportunity just to mop up one or two bits and pieces um, from um, uh, guidance or legislative point of view. Um, Things that these these ones are, are some of them are fairly um, old. They, they've done the rounds a few times, but uh, they do keep cropping up from time to time on the uh, on the, uh, the, the the chats and the people that I speak to generally on a day to day basis. So the first first topic I'm going to cover off um, on this podcast is Section 88. Now, some of you might have heard of Section 88 and wonder what where where it gets its name from. Um, so Section 88 is basically, um, it, it comes, it gets its name, it's derived from uh, Section 88 of the Road Traffic Act 1988. It's quite easy to remember that, isn't it? 88, 88. Um, and that particular section of the uh, the Road Traffic Act deals with um, a driver that may be not in possession of a driver's licence. Um, that's, that's a little bit different to somebody who's not in possession of uh the the entitlement to drive that's not suggesting that anybody who hasn't got the entitlement to drive should be driving but this is somebody who's not physically uh you know has their driver's license so that that license may be away being um being processed and a new a, 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 a renewal application for example um 
technically speaking, I've just so just moved house. So uh, in fact, they sent mine back really, really quickly. I don't know if that's indicative of um, the the DVLA Swansea in general, or whether it was just a simple address change and there wasn't anything really to do. Uh, but that, like, literally, I can't believe it. I did it, and like, literally two days later, it was on my doorstep. And I said, um, that's um, uh, obviously um, one way of, of thinking. Well, I, you know, maybe for a couple of days, I didn't have possession of a driver's license that had my correct address on it. But so, Section 88 deals with that, it deals with uh, somebody who's not actually physically in possession of their driver's license, being able to produce it to a police officer on demand. Um, remember that we don't, it's not a legal requirement to carry our driver's license in the UK. Um, however, we must be able to produce it if asked to do so by a police officer. Um, uh, now, normally, if we haven't got it on us, they give us a seven day producer. So um, we have to produce it at a police station uh, within seven days. So um, that's how it works. That's a section 88. So section 88 can then. With a with a vocational driver can sometimes be used where um, the license is renewed, uh, and you know that sometimes that renewal is subject to a um, you know uh, maybe some questions to be asked on in terms of the medical um, side of things. So a section eighty eight, a lot of I've heard people call the section eighty eight a medical exemption, and that's a bit worrying because it isn't a medical exemption at all. Um, it, it merely covers you for that period of time where you haven't physically got that license because it's either being your application is being considered by uh, the DVLA. So make no bones about it. If a driver has been told by a medical professional that they shouldn't be driving, then they shouldn't be driving. It's as simple as that. And, and a Section 88 isn't going to last you that long. They've got a year on them anyway. And I think if you've got a you know if you've got a situation where you've got a driver that's having um, you know, some issues with getting their license back from the DVLA, even in the worst of the periods that we've just gone through, I think um, you know, a year would have been way, way more than, you know, even given the delays that we've had recently. So uh, I'm not quite sure what those delays are like now, um, whether there is uh, still a huge backlog with the DVLA. Uh, I get mixed messages when I ask people. Some people say, you know, it's, it's from what we know, it's back to back to pretty much back to normal. Other people say, "Oh, yeah, it's still still a nightmare." So just you know, just put that into in, out there. It is not a medical exemption. Um, it is merely to cover that period of time where the driver may not physically be able to produce a driver's license because uh, it is a way of being processed in one shape or another. And that may may mean that it's being subject to uh, looking at. Remember, the, it's not a doctor that actually takes your license away from you or uh, you know takes that category entitlement away um, that's done by the DVLA medical branch on the doctor's report so the doctor reports on form d4 and uh subject to that report um you, you know you may have to undergo some treatment or some tests or whatever it is to retain your uh category entitlements for your vocational license or even, even your car license in some cases so um, it's not a medical exemption. It's just to cover that period of time when that license is away. So, but 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 you know, essentially, the the key thing is, and I think even the DVLA say on their own leaflet, on their own information on the website, um, the the best person to decide if you're if you can drive when you haven't got that your license is away being processed, it is you and your medical practitioner. So, 
Oh, I know we don't always get to see doctors these days, or we certainly don't get always get to see the same doctor, do we, more than uh, once ever. But, um, you know, it's really important to to let your doctor know if you're a driver, vocational license holder, that that's what you do for a living, because that may, may change. Um, one thing I'm going to really recommend to the transport professionals out there is um, it's, it's a publication called... Um, Assessing Fitness to Drive, a guide for medical practitioners. Now, we we ain't medical practitioners. Some of you might be, but we're not medical. We, we do the first aid and what have you here, but we're certainly not medical practitioners. So um, you might think, well, what on earth has that guide got to do with a transport manager? But and I, I would never, ever suggest that you try to counsel uh, a driver on their medical condition because you're not, you're not qualified for that. However, it's a really, really good document to have up your sleeve, um, metaphorically speaking, so that you can, uh, you know, you can understand some of the, um, so, some of the, some of the, the, the and it's, uh, the other thing I will say about this guide as well, it is incredibly well written. It's not written in Latin or doctor's language. It's, it's written so the layman can understand it, but it's a really, it gives us a really good, uh, you know, sort of, not say basis of discussion, but something that we need to have to be aware of. So, um, assessing fitness to drive a guide for medical practitioners. It's on the .gov website. Um, check it out. It's really a really good uh, tool to have in your transport manager arsenal. But as I say, it comes with a caveat that you are not medical professionals. Don't try to sit there uh, with a white coat on and a stethoscope round your neck and try to talk to your drivers as if you were a doctor, because uh, clearly you're not. Who knows? Uh, however, so that's that's one thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, the other one, it's, it's a bit of a double double edged one. This one's about maintenance providers, um, and we've all got very excited recently, haven't we? We've covered it off on podcasts um, previously. Uh, we've all got very very excited about um, the guide to maintaining roadworthiness and the updated version of the guide to maintaining roadworthiness. Uh, Tom and James covered it off brilliantly with us on a podcast, uh, which, you know, if you haven't, go and look in the back catalogue, um, because if you wanted to know about the guide to maintaining row with us, there was a, it's a really, really, really good uh, podcast there. Um, so um, won't go over that old ground again. It suffices to say it really has sharpened everybody's views on maintenance providers, uh, particularly when it comes to the roller brake tests or the loaded roller brake testing for, for a start. And it's, it's, it's coming. I've seen this on one or two of the Facebook boards as well. It's, it's sort of come to, brought to a light. I think something we probably all kind of knew, but, um, you know, how, how, how much maintenance provider, I mean, this in the nicest possible way, because I mean, that you know, the job they do is, is highly skilled, highly technical, but how much they actually know about operator licensing and should they know about operator licensing um, and, the, and the demands of the guide to maintaining roadworthiness and the, the DVSA, the role of the DVSA, enforcement sanctions policy and all that kind of thing, categorization of defects, yada, yada, yada. Um, how much they know about those kind of things? Well, I think, for, number one, they really, I mean, guide to maintaining roadworthiness. If, if you can't find it, if you walk into your maintenance provider, there's, an, you know, <laughs> plug, plug time, um, you know, we, we would be more than happy to do uh, an audit on any uh, maintenance provider or workshop. Pete, Pete's the workshop guy. Um, so, you know, we'd be more than happy to do, a, a you know, a, 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 an audit on that. And I'm 
started my work in life in a, in a workshop. So, but, 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 um, I think an easy test for you, an easy test uh, is, would be to walk into your maintenance provider and try to find the latest copy of the Guide to Maintaining Roadworthiness. If your maintenance provider hasn't got a copy of that, then, well, you know, we're, we're at ground zero, really, aren't we? So, um, you know, I would expect them to have the latest copy of that. And I would expect most of the staff, or if not all of the staff in the in the, in the maintenance provider, to, to be aware of the Guide to Maintaining Roadworthiness. So, uh, I think that's as a red. In terms of you know general knowledge of the operator licensing, one positive thing I'm seeing personally is again it's very personal. You know, and I may just be in a you know not saying lucky, but well, it is lucky because they're very nice people. Um, a fortunate position of, of seeing these people on courses, but I'm seeing an awful lot of my transport manager cohorts um, being populated by people who work in the maintenance on the maintenance side of things so i would say in a cohort of say 15 people on my transport manager um cohorts um i, I would say that i get at least one if not two uh or more even in some cases um people are sitting on the course to become qualified transport managers who, are, who actually work in the maintenance se sections Hello, it's Sharni from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy with expert development for fleet leaders. We offer fully accredited initial Transport Manager CPC training, CPC refresher and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. Um, so be that for main dealers or be that for independents or be that for companies who have their own mates providers. But that, that tells me that I think the industry is waking up to the fact that they do need that kind of level of knowledge. It'd be interesting to see what you, you good people think. So drop a comment uh, in or get in touch with us and, and tell us what your, your thoughts are on that. But um I think, you know, that they do need to have that sort of, they have to understand where we are coming from as transport managers and transport professionals and operators. What what we demand, demand uh, being of quite a strong word, but what, what we are legally obliged to do and what we're expected to do as operators. And if, our, if that's not being supported by the maintenance providers, then, and it may, it may be not being supported by the maintenance providers because they don't understand what is needed and what is necessary. Um, so um, interesting, as I say, I'm per, my personal view on that is I'm really, really chuffed to see more and more people coming through and doing that, you know, and, and certainly on OLAPs and refreshes as well, but on the transport manager exam itself, um, you know, for, from a maintenance provider's point of view, that they're only really, in, you know, that, that they have to learn about an awful lot of stuff that they really deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. But it's really good to see them coming through and wanting to learn more about uh, what it's like to be an operator. Um, on the subject of maintenance providers, uh, I'm going to clear up something that is that is ra always rattling around, and and is that our um, me mechanics for the purpose of being a mechanic um, are they exempt from drivers hours rules eu drivers hours rules um and the answer to that question is yes they are um to, to a degree 
um, they are exempt. Um, but it, the, the argument here stems from the government's own guidance, GV262. If you go look in, in EU 561-2006, um, the, the legislation, the legislation really doesn't make it crystal clear, to be, to be fair. Uh, and then the government's own guidance, GV262, is a bit wishy-washy. Um, because if you look at if you look at exemptions, um, you know, because that's kind of where you kind of expect to find an exemption when you look at look under the section that says exemptions, it's kind of not really there. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm, I'm gonna do I come prepared for this. I, I'm gonna do a, a bit of a peat on this one if, if, if and Google it because that's always the it's always the way to do it. So um, we have in exemptions we have. Um, Vehicles undergoing road tests for technical development, repair or maintenance purposes um, and new or rebuilt vehicles which have not yet been put into service. Then it goes on to say it does not apply to vehicles going to or from testing stations for the purpose of annual test. So most people will read that and say, well, that's it. Mechanics are not. They're not exempt because it's actually saying exactly the opposite in the guidance. But it's not just about exemptions and derogations. If you go back up, in GV262, uh, where it gives us some definitions. So in GV262, it defines a driver, a vehicle, and then it defines goods. Uh, and it's under the goods um, definition that um, we go into um, uh, it, we go into what, what what is classed as goods. So um, to paraphrase, it goes on to say it doesn't include ballast used for the purposes of road test of vehicle or for an MOT or annual test purposes, providing the ballast is a non-commercial load. So that's the load, the, the, the weight that you carry for the test. And then the the guidance then goes further and it's quite, quite um, specific, really. Um, and this is this is remember, this is the DVSA's interpretation of the EU guidance, but it then goes on to say driving a hire vehicle for the purposes of delivery and collection. Uh, empty vehicles uh, delivered to and from an annual test, but of course it's got that little footnote that says you are allowed to carry dummy loads, if you like. Uh, driving a vehicle for the purposes of moving it between depots, who ever thought? Uh, driving a new demonstrator vehicle for purposes of collection and delivery and driving a vehicle that's to be scrapped, of course it has to be roadworthy, that goes without saying. So, yeah, it's a it's one that it gets debated quite a lot. Really, are mechanics for the purposes of mechanicking? Um, are they exempt? Now, you know, uh, there it is in GV two sixteen. Uh, get a copy of it, but don't just look at exemptions because you won't find it in exemptions. But if you go up to look at the definition of goods, it's there and it's crystal clear. And they they actually cleared that up a few years ago. Um, they put that extra bit in about the DVSA's interpretation. Goes without saying, of course, and what we say to people all the time is that um, interpretations are only just interpretations unless it's interpreted by a court. So, um, yeah, even if the DVSA interprets something in a particular way, that doesn't necessarily mean it's law because, um, you know, the, the DVSA are not the lawmaking body. Um, you know, Parliament's the lawmaking body. Courts, courts will determine what is and isn't uh, lawful. Um, but if that's the DVSA's take on it, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much. It's got to be the, got to be the right thing, isn't it? So there we are. That's that's that cleared up. Um, one more thing to clear up 
um, while we're on it, um, and it came about in the uh, the early part of this week. Uh, was it last week? I can't remember now. Uh, and it just came up in a chat, and um, so somebody said to me, "It's about driving without a, uh, a driver card, a, a, a digital driver card, driving a, a vehicle equipped with a digital tachograph, where you haven't got a tachograph card. You've 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 had it stolen. It's been lost, or it's otherwise malfunctioned. Not you've just left it at home." You just left it at home. I'm afraid there's only one solution to that: is go and fetch it. Not fetch it in the lorry, though. Fetch it in a car or a vehicle that's not in scope. Um, so, driving out a car. I personally, as a trainer, have always said to people that you may drive a vehicle uh, without uh, a digital card uh, inserted in the tachograph machine because it's been lost or stolen or is malfunctioning. Um, but before you drive, you must report it to the DVLA. Or actually, the, 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 the legislation talks about competent authority. So we, we take it as being the DVLA in this country. Maybe one or two question marks about that. But um, so, but but the thing is, somebody said to me mm, the other day, really good question. Mm, yeah, are you sure? Are you, where, where, where's that written down? Is there anything in legislation? Is there anything in, in, in guidance even that says... Um, that you must report it before you can drive. Um, and, uh, you know, I said, well, I've, I've always said that. But he got me doubting. And I like to make sure that um, that I can back up with what I say as a trainer. I always like to make sure that I can back it up with legislation or with guidance or was written down somewhere by somebody. So that got me thinking. I had a look and um, consulted some other some other um wise gurus on the subject and um yeah effectively no there is nothing that actually says in either guidance or law that um that you must report it before you drive specifically before you drive however the guidance is crystal clear and it says that you must report the loss or damage or theft of your card immediately so the inference is that you would you know, immediately means like now. So as in, I've become aware that I've had my card stolen or it's lost or it doesn't work. So then I will, then my next job will be before I go and put the kettle on and make a cup of tea or whatever, my next job will be to report that card um, because the word immediately is crystal clear. So isn't it, isn't it? So, and, and if you think about it, it makes sense. If you get stopped and you're not driving with a card, um, and you say, well, you know, it's lost. Well, you know, have you reported it? Um, I've even heard people, I've even heard trainers say, oh, yeah, you have to report it and and get a, a reference off of um, when you report it, you will be given a, a reference number, which, again, is, isn't is anywhere in the legislation or the guidance. But when you think about it, it makes absolute sense. And, of course, you would, you know, you would take those steps to make sure that when or if you got stopped um, you know, and you said, look, I've, you know, look, officer, I've, I've reported it. Uh, there's the reference number. I reported it at you know, 7.38 this morning. There's the reference number to prove it. Um, I think, you, you, you know, that is, to me, is a sensible, sensible solution. But I just, I, I enjoy it when somebody says, challenges me and says, no, I've never seen that in writing. And, and, and quite right. And, and, and absolutely, if, if somebody can find it in writing, um, I don't bother looking in the legislation. Um, EU EC one six five two thousand fourteen because uh, it ain't in there, believe me. Um, and it's not in the guidance. The guidance does say immediately. So um, good luck if you can find something which uh, which 
you know, an official document which says anything other than that. But the sensible solution would be to report it immediately. So that means before you go and drive, you know, that's not immediate, is it? That's later on. So, uh, so that's it. So, um, yeah, I hope you found those sort of uh, three or four topics uh, mildly interesting. Uh, as always, uh, any comments or um, uh, you, anything you want to add, or you want us to discuss on these podcasts, please let us know. And as I mentioned uh, before in pre- previous podcasts, we, we, we get an awful lot of people who, who are following us. We've got an awful lot of people who recognise now Fleet Geeks and the Fleet Geek podcasts. Um, which is fantastic, absolutely brilliant. We'd love to hear it, but we get very few people leave comments or you know the rest of it. So please get, get in touch with us either here at Flagship or uh, through YouTube if you're watching on YouTube or through your whatever your podcast uh, provider is. And of course, um, smash that like, subscribe, and comment. That's it. That's the way, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, we're also we've got another. We, this is this goes out on YouTube as well as on the pods. Um, we've also got another. Uh, we're doing something called Tawith at the moment. The only way is flagship. An irreverent look at behind the scenes at the flagship uh, team, um, which I think you'll thoroughly enjoy. It's very entertaining. We've got some cracking characters in that little lot. So. Um, that's it over and out from me. Hopefully next time I'll be joined by somebody and you won't just have to put up with me waffling on uh, about stuff. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you on the next one wherever that may be. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.